baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. It's Boxing Day, and that's what we've talked about all day. So happy Boxing Day to uh, all the Canadians who celebrate. Um, Nate Gatter is in for Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji, and this is the biggest return day of the year. So if you are out and about running your errands, running what is what I believe to be one of the most fun errands, and that is returning stuff. Um, so be very, very careful. Do not get into fights. And- Can we explore that? We, we didn't fully get to unpack that. One of the most fun errands, even if all you're doing is returning something and just and then leaving empty-handed and going back home, uh-huh. you still think that's one of the most fun errands. Yeah, it's fun. Grab why? a coffee. As, well, why I is grab that a coffee, more fun? You know, you go in, you get your little coffee, and then you, you go and return your gifts, and then you get money back. You know, and you you had a social interaction with somebody. But if there are gifts that you're returning, as we talked about, for anti-money laundering reasons, you can't get actual money. You can only get store credit. Well, your money, you get it back. It's almost like making money in a way. It's not. Oh, okay. Anyway, so that's that's Ranji math. That's why I told you I'm not good at math, bro. Everybody (laughs) knows this. We've been talking about it. And it's interesting because on Total Information AM, they were talking about how the United States is awful in math how it is one of the worst uh, compared to other developed countries but it has historically been that way over the last 20 years it's we've we've had very low math proficiency but we're pretty good at reading apparently i, I is i would assume and this is maybe wrong and daft and maybe maybe some math people will be mad i would assume that if you had to pick one or the other if you could only be good at one you math. would go with reading Because it seems more important to the health of a country that our population generally be proficient at reading than our population be proficient at math. seems like if you only um, have, I'd rather it be why everybody widely be okay at reading and just uh, some subset of Americans are still good at math. I feel like you don't need that many good math people, but it benefits all of society for your median person to be at least competent at reading. Well, no, I could, but if you're good at math, you're competent at reading. If we can excel at one thing, it's probably better for the country as a whole if we are really, really good at math. Because that, I think that scientifically, you can reach more advances and breakthroughs and that sort of thing if you are good at math. So what, as opposed what kind to being of math? Really good at reading. What kind of math do you feel comfortable saying you are you are good at? <laughs> Like could we could we rattle uh, off times tables? You'd be fine. Do you not know about my times tables? I don't. Fiasco. Oh God, bro. I've when I was into in something here. 
We did the times tables in third grade. I got. To, I don't remember which one. I don't know if it was the sixes or the sevens. I don't know what it was. You like sports. It can't have been the sevens. The sevens were the easiest the, ones if you like football. It must have been the sixes then. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was, I had such a – because all it is is memorization. Right. The way we learned it, I don't know if it's different for you. It's basically um, memorization still. Yeah. So we did the times tables, and we would do the times tables test, and there was one particular day where we're doing the test, and I was – and recess was right after the test. So yeah. it was it was like – The excuses are already starting. No, listen, you get – no, you get the test. You do finish the test. You get to go out for recess. That was That was what happened. So there's a speed guess element who was, here. Guess who was the last? I was the last one to finish, and I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing kids playing, and I'm, and I start to get. I already have anxiety over it, and then it starts to get worse oh, because God. because I see them out there and I think I want to be out there too, and then I think, oh my God, I'm stupid. Why is everybody done and then I'm not? So then just the problem keeps compounding. So it was a really traumatic event for me. Did you? I never recovered. Did you get the questions mostly right? Do you recall? Dude, it doesn't matter. I don't know. You were scarred regardless. Scarred. It it was awful. Yeah, I feel like I'm very comfortable with that. The quick math. I can do mental math really fast. Algebra, totally comfortable. Then we started to get to pre-calculus, and all of a sudden, the concepts of math really changed. And it was no longer arithmetic anymore. It started to become about something a little less tangible, and I became very uncomfortable very quickly. There was a um, first couple of weeks in algebra in middle school or junior high, we called it. I was okay. And I thought, oh, I get this. A plus B equals C. I get that. that I kind of like the moving the things around on either side of the equal sign. Everything's equal. Everything's even on both sides. It, it's just very And orderly. then we start to get to lines where there's a number over another number, and then there's another X, and I'm like, okay, what in the hell is going on? I don't know what any of this is. This is not working for me. I, I then, I, then I was, once that happened, there's that flip, I was gone. Math math bypassed me like Usain Bolt running by me on a, on a track. It, it just gone and I felt so stupid for the rest of the time in my schooling career anytime I had to do math so this is a little bit beside the point of what we've just been discussing but I wonder if the average Chris and Amy listener who just who's tuning in on a regular basis but you know doesn't know you and has never obviously sat in here in the studio has learned that that noise that occasionally happens when you're talking is your palms hitting the table and it's like it's sort of at a Something that you do, I don't know, not for effect. I think it's almost, it just, it comes out at certain times yep. when you're, when you're really making a so point. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, well, I like it. I think it's, it's behind the curtain. It, it kind of helps people understand whether that that's, this is just the passion I of Ron. I think they would get it. Yeah. No, you didn't want to talk about it? No. I okay. I don't want to talk about it. Now, this is just, it's <laughs> the total disaster. We've recapped none of the show. Oh yeah. What did you miss today? Well, we, we, you missed uh, that we're bad at math. Well, I am. Nate's pretty good at it. We talked about returns and that there are uh, multiple places that used to give you free returns by mail and now they don't. So you have to be mindful uh, according to Edgar Dworsky with Consumer World, who was one of our guests today. You have to be mindful of the return policy. Uh, you may want to avoid going to do your returns today if you can because it is a madhouse out there. You might just want to wait until later in the week to get it done. So that is one bit of advice. We also spoke to um, uh, Colonel Jeff McCausland about what's happening around the world 
the conflict in Gaza is ongoing. We have what's happening with the United States. They launched um, an attack on Hezbollah targets inside Iraq. And anything that you missed from that interview, and, and Colonel McCausland always has some terrific information, and he's very, very good at breaking down what is going on, what it all means. It is all available for you on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Also, KMOX.com. That app is great, man, because you can be listening live. Then you can rewind it. If you think you heard Nate Gatter say something really dumb, you go, wait, hold on. What did that dude just say? And then you hit the 15-second the rewind. You go back, and then you listen to it, and you go, oh, yeah, he did say something stupid. So it's, it's right there for you. And we also listened to uh, Matt Pauley tell us about dreaming that he kidnapped Shohei Otani. That's the highlight of the show. That I would, is really is. I, can't I would be surprised it. if it doesn't turn out to be the highlight of the week. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty big high. I can't get over it. I'm st- I was thinking about it in the hallway. I was walking down to get some water, and I was thinking about the fact that Matt Pauly told us that he had a dream. Yeah, you <laughs> came back into the studio after the break, uh-huh. and you said, you know, oh, I don't remember what. Like, oh, that guy. Like, wh- and we have no idea who you're talking I was about. Talking about him, Matt Pauly. Yeah. Just on your mind. Nobody he's, occupies more of Chris Ranji's brain than Matt Pauley. He's got sports open line tonight at six. He might recap the story for you. That's going to have to be a whole segment, especially because he knows that you'll have been, you know, poking fun at it. And so he'll have to he'll have to defend his kidnapping. Unbelievable. And and actually uh, go back and listen to the story on the Odyssey app. It's perfect for you. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. Uh, 314-436-7900. We'd love to have you join the show today in what is a holiday week. We're in the midst of two holidays, in the middle of them right now. And we hope that you're having a wonderful day today. Hope you're safe. We're going to get snow tonight. My word, I'm so excited. Big well, snow guy? Nah, I love snow. And I hate the fact that it was 65 degrees over the weekend. When you say you love snow, is it like you can't wait to get out and, you know, make a snowball? Or is it like you like to wake up and walk to your window and see beautiful St. Louis covered in snow? Oh, yeah. I love the visual of it. Yeah. We should have had it for yesterday. I um, I find that I really love the visual, especially if if I don't have anywhere to go that day. If I was planning on probably being in my house anyway... That that then it's really great because you get to appreciate it and then also think how nice is it that I don't have to go out and that I have this nice warm home. It's, it's wonderful. That's the whole point. Uh, text message to three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. It says that it turns out we're just not good at reading math instructions. <laughs> I think that's spot on. That's me. I can't understand any math. So I agree with you. Have you tried the new math? You know, people no. people really into that. You think I can't get the old math? You think I'm going to get the new math? Well, but the the idea is that the new math is is a better way to teach my the brain, same math. The math didn't change. It's just a new it's a new teaching of Nate. Math. My brain is way past that. Okay, it's it's too late. It's like but telling, you have a brain that can grasp concepts, complicated concepts. You are not a, an unintelligent person. I've spent time around you. You know what you're doing. It's like telling a 15 year old dog to learn how to fetch. Dog's done with fetching. I think if he doesn't a, fetch I now, think you're a middle-aged dog at worst. Thanks, pal. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. 314-436-7900. Again, download the Odyssey app. You know you can listen to Cardinals baseball live. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. on the Odyssey app when the upcoming season happens in 2024, as well as all the great shows here on KMOX. The facts came after a couple of steps, right? And I think before we have press conferences, before we just release things, we do need to look at all the facts, right? And so while a, while a, while a recording is a fact and that body cams and everything are a fact, they don't show the interaction before. They don't show what was happening right before, right, be, what a, right after in any kind of situation. St. Louis Alderwoman Shamim Clark Hubbard, that was her speaking. In fact, we we talked to her here on the Chris and Amy show on Friday. We actually had her in for our uh, football picks, our no prize pick em challenge, which we'll go over the, the winner of that in a little bit on the show. Um, but then after the fact, uh, she spoke with Michael Calhoun in the newsroom about the South City Bar last week, if you remember, early Monday morning of last week. A St. Louis City police cruiser was traveling at about 1230 in the morning uh, down the street and just veered off to the left and drove straight into the bar. There was a uh, clearly the there was a bit of a commotion and the people who run the bar uh, live upstairs from it. They heard what happened downstairs. This was right around closing time. They came down to investigate what was going on. Apparently things got heated and there was sort of a he said, she said situation where the bar owners said that uh, the police assaulted them. The police say that the bar owner shoved him first. So there's all kinds of stuff happening here. And that was uh, Shamim talking about what happened. And I, I think, Nate, and I know that you've read about this story as well, but the reporting on it a few days ago was that after a group of Alder people in the city of St. Louis were allowed to view the body cam footage, there was no dash cam footage of what happened, but there was body cam footage of what took place, that some of those who witnessed it, and uh, there were multiple Alder people who said they saw the video, and that in at least according to the reporting that we have to this point, is that some of it backs up what the police said. And we were talking about this last week, that if there is evidence that the bar owners are at fault in the situation, and we're, we're not talking about crashing into the building because clearly the police are responsible for crashing into the building. The bar owner did nothing about that. That was they didn't cause that to happen. It happened. The police were responsible for that. But what happened after the fact is still up in the air. But at least according to the reporting that we have seen, they are saying that it backs up the police version of um, the owners getting belligerent in the aftermath. So I believe what Shamim Clark Hubbard is saying is that we and I think we did this, too, on Friday talking about there needing to be more information, you know, at least show us the body cam footage show it to somebody, and they did that so that we know exactly what happened because you have to imagine, Nate, 
if you own a business, if you're running a business, and a police cruiser comes crashing through the front of it, and it wasn't part of a chase, it wasn't like it was hit by another car in the intersection, and then that car drove into the building, nobody knows what the hell happened or why it happened the way it did. I can imagine if you're that bar owner, you're probably pretty pissed off in the moment. Yeah, I don't think it's... So, obviously, it, there are two things, right? Uh, uh, from the perspective of assigning moral blame, I think it's difficult from a, to be too upset with the bar owners if they were angry in that moment because I think well, I they have would every be, right to be angry. And, and yeah. even if they don't know all the circumstances, they're going to be angry at the world, if, if for no, uh, nothing else, just that it was their bar that this happened to crash into, regardless of whose fault anything is, they're going to be a little bit angry and they might take that out on the people who are right there in front of them. And I don't think that's that's a reason for blame. Now, if, if the answer is this is why it was defensible for there to have been some form of detention of one of these people for them to, you know, for there to have been a a quasi. I don't know if it would qualify as a full arrest because I doubt there was any I don't think there was any processing or any charges as far as I know. Uh, but the co-owner, Chad Morris, was arrested, originally charged with a felony, and they dropped it to a misdemeanor. So, yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, if, if the if this is meant to just defend the, the cops for why did we arrest this guy? Did we have cause to arrest him and charge him with something, ultimately a misdemeanor? Uh, you know, I, I, I understand that. But to, to your point, I think people, most people would be frustrated if uh, a police cruiser crashed through the front of their home or business. And I think also it, it communicates a certain distrust in law enforcement, uh, a, a certain uh, that people don't feel they can rely on whatever they're hearing from the police in the immediate aftermath. Um, maybe part of the problem was that if you're looking for a quote for a news story that night or the next day, the bar owner's attorney is much more willing to give that quote than a police person because yeah. they have different yeah. procedures and protocols. Um but I do think it would be helpful for that body cam to be publicly available um, because it would uh, it would allow people to back it would it would provide evidence to back up what police are saying because if you watch the initial videos that are available on social media, what you see is a police cruiser that looks like it's going significantly over the speed limit, although you can't say for sure. Looks like it's going pretty fast for the twenty five mile an hour or thirty mile an hour zone that it was in in the city. Looks like it drifts too close to a parked car. Looks like as a result of traveling at he too says high a he speed, overcorrected overcorrects. But which, at first he said they, they they said it was a they were avoiding uh, was it a dog? Yeah, they, they were had, avoiding a dog. I don't see evidence of that. Potentially, but then they changed the story. Th- right, there's a pot- potentially a, a maybe a, a red light that way they went through, or at least a light that was turning. That's a claim that the that the bar owner's attorney has made. So uh, all of what we see, short of this body cam footage that that has not been available to the public, what the public has been able to see is, I think, at least relatively strong circumstantial evidence to suggest that this was a police cruiser that was driving at least somewhat unsafely, if not downright yeah. recklessly. And as a result, a quote-unquote overcorrection goes from being a little swerve to a, I just completely turned outside of the road and crashed into a building, which is a significant thing. And the fact that it was an overcorrection and therefore not malicious or something does nothing to negate the negligence or the recklessness with which a vehicle was being driven. Right. And and just a civil standpoint, from a tortious standpoint, 
the fact that it was an over, a well-intentioned overcorrection does nothing if the police cruiser was going significantly over the speed limit or otherwise driving unsafely. They say that he was not. So I, I, I don't I know that will, I buy that. This, this will all come out. Now, I, I believe that, first of all, if you're going from, well, he swerved to hit a dog to, well, it was a parked car and he, then he got distracted by the radio. Okay, well, which Already, is Already, I, I wonder why people are mistrustful the gra- of this the, information. Well, here's the greater conversation. And that is, what do you do with the body cam footage? Because there is a push to have it all released to the public. And as we've already mentioned. What's the argument against releasing the body cam footage at this point? When you know there's nothing, you know, grotesque, there's no violence depicted. They are saying that it it is a, um, it's claiming part of their criminal investigation because they say the bar owner uh, shoved them or shoved, shoved the one police officer. So it would, in some manner, I guess, hinder their criminal investigation. That's what I don't understand. Is that that's just department policy, period? And so we don't make exceptions? Because I struggle to see how in this circumstance, that video being also available to other people who are not in the department would in any way impede the department's ability they to say, process that video and use it. So they say that they do it in, they will release it to the public in certain circumstances. And they say, quote, This is similar to past instances of officer-involved shootings or deaths in which the city has shown body camera footage to family members. So what they did was they showed it to select members, but obviously you have the public. And anybody who's been paying attention to this thinks it should be released to the public. And I think that's the greater conversation. It's one thing if we're witnessing a shooting death. And I know they can blur out um, graphic images, and that's, that's probably the right thing to do. But I do feel like, and and maybe I could be talked out of this position, but I do feel like in an instance like this, body cam footage is there to protect the public and to protect the officers. And it, I consider right, if they've that done be, what they're doing, what their job properly and followed protocols, the idea is that the body cam protects them. And I consider this to be a a, a public asset. I yes. consider body cam footage to be something that's property of the people. people. Yes. And we should be able to see those things. So if you have two different stories, and of course the body cam is probably not going to pick up everything, and sometimes it's not working, sometimes it's not turned on. Um, But if you, you don't see what happened in the moments leading up to whatever altercation apparently took place, whoever used physical force against the other first, if you don't see those things, you're still going to have some doubt. But I don't see any downside by offering that sort of transparency so that at minimum, as a citizen, you know that if something were to happen, well, at least the police or at least this government entity is going to be transparent about it. I agree. That to me is the value of just saying, okay, here's what happened, wrong or right. Here's all the video. You can look at it for yourself and you can make your own judgment. Because we are transparent. And they that's should at least have think, to provide a specific reason why they're not sharing something. Well, they say criminal investigation, that's but again, not, I don't think that's specific. good enough. Yeah, no. I don't, I, to me, I don't think it's good enough. And they could be very well in the right. Let's just see that video. And it's really about a greater conversation. How much transparency are we owed as a, as a, uh, a city? And I think we're owed a lot of it. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. This is KMOX. 
It's Nate Gatter in for Amy Marks, Coors, and Chris Ranji today on KMOX. I don't know if you saw the Chiefs game yesterday. I did. Uh, did not go well. No, it did for not. For Kansas City. I believe the uh, Raiders went three entire quarters without completing a pass. That's and correct. And they still won. Aiden O'Connell uh, threw for 62 yards in the first quarter, did not throw for another yard the remainder of the game, and they beat Kansas City on the road. The first time Andy Reid has ever lost to a rookie quarterback. Now, think about what's happening right now. I don't know if you're aware of a uh, young pop star by the name of Taylor Swift. I am. Ooh. <laughs> that sounded like it was unintentional. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift has been dating, have you heard this, Travis Kelsey, who plays tight end for the Chiefs. Have you heard about this story? I have heard about it. And, uh, you know, I think we could all see this coming, Raj. If there's one thing we know about human beings, it's that the more love and fulfilling relationships they have in their lives, the more warmth they feel at home, the worse they perform professionally. Well, it's funny you say that because people... Now, I can't imagine... This is the majority of people. I can't imagine it's even 40% of people, but it might be at least a third. And if, and if we know anything, we know that a third of the electorate can change an election. So a third of the people believe, and I'm just estimating it's a third. I like to think it is. They yeah, believe, you, do, you do throw some wild percentages out on this show. So here we go. 35%. Let's say 35%. You like 35%. 35% is actually accurate for the stuff that we talk about. Uh, let's say 36% then, okay, for this one. Taylor Swift, 36, 36% of people believe Taylor Swift has cursed the Chiefs. Unintentionally, I assume? Well, I, mean, I don't think she came in to do it. I think she started this lovely, wonderful relationship. They probably tell each other they love one another. Okay, and, now we're just speculating now, wildly. I, I said probably. Okay. I don't know for sure. Okay. But how could you not? So <laughs> How could you not love Taylor Swift or how could you not love Taylor Travis Kelsey? How could they or? both not love each other? Right. He seems like a great guy. She is adored. I can't imagine that they don't they're not currently in love. So, so these thirty six percent of people who who say that Taylor Swift has cursed the Chiefs. Right. Are they considering laying some proportional blame on Travis Kelsey's 34-year-old knees. What else could it be? It can't just be that he's 34. It's got to be because she has somehow cursed him and them. What, what is the other reasonable explanation? There isn't one. It's got to be her. She has to be responsible for all of could this. could also be that the Chiefs have no good receivers. Well, whose fault do you think that is? Taylor Swift's. Right. That's a good point. And she also has rendered their offensive line completely ineffective. Yes. They're all distracted. So, okay, so this is where we now have sort of a fork in the theories. Or maybe it's not a fork. Maybe you can travel down both paths simultaneously. Is the problem that she is distracting Travis Kelsey and he now has discovered there is so much more to life than football that he doesn't care enough? And that, you know, he doesn't need the next contract now because he's about to marry into being a billionaire. And so so things are good for him. Is it right. that things are too good for Travis Kelsey? And so he his focus has lapsed on football. Or is it that the entire rest of the team, the other 52 guys, maybe minus Patrick Mahomes, the other 51 guys are so jealous of Travis Kelsey and his uh, very famous, very attractive, very, very rich girlfriend 
that they all now are are trying to undermine their relationship by losing. It's like, is the offensive line angry at Travis Kelsey because they don't have Taylor Swift? No, I don't think there's any anger there. No, I they're think, just they're just becoming I think bad. It's, just, it's a cosmic thing. It's just a curse. Yeah. In fact, um, does she have the power to control this, or is this an accidental thing? Like, could she curse someone on purpose no, if she wanted so. to? I don't. No. I don't think she's got that kind of power. But you never know. This uh, headline is from Sporting News. You know the sporting news. I do know the sporting news. Has Taylor Swift cursed the Chiefs inside Kansas City's record since pop star Travis Kelsey started dating? That's sort of like saying pop star and Travis Kelsey started dating. I, I don't know. Pick your random your random pop star band from the '90s and sort of saying did did this '90s pop band curse the sporting news? And and it and cause its fall from relevancy and ignore everything else that we know about the news and media industry that has happened over the last thirty years and, and ignore everything else. That's, that's the equivalent, right? It is like if the sporting news said, "Is is pop music the reason that we became less relevant as the internet took over everything and all print news declined interminably?" That's the equivalent of ignoring Travis Kelsey's age and the many roster deficiencies for the Chiefs. Not to mention that all of a sudden, and then the offensive line injuries, and then that even the the usually capable offensive linemen they had out there just couldn't deal with the Raiders at all in pass, and the Raiders were consistently getting home with four. So no, it it, it distracts completely. I don't know if that's an aggregation by the Sporting News. My understanding was that this was at least a significant portion of this discussion was spurred by maybe only the the only person who could have brought it up which was Skip Bayless. So I think your 30 I think your 36% number is significantly <laughs> overestimating. Um I would I would guess the number of people who would say this with any level of seriousness in the 2 to 5% range. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's much higher. Okay, and, well, and I, me, if anybody thinks about, that, if, and we've been just, making fun of it and poisoning the well, but if anybody actually thinks that Taylor Swift has had an adverse effect on a, Travis Kelsey, B, the Chiefs, C, both. I would like them to please text, and you can give them the number. 314-436-7900. And you have to give us your rationale, too. You can't just say, oh, yeah, oh, I want yeah, as totally. Much, I want as much information as possible. Well, give me the whole dissertation. Well, here's this is, I think, all you need to know. Since October 29th, they're 3-5. and five. Yeah. That's, what, what the hell else could it be? And, I mean, since December 24th, the Raiders are 1-0, and oh, so they're, they're as good as any team in football. Exactly. Now, I too can play with dates and strip context. Exactly. Well, I I mean, of uh, how many teams would the Chiefs want to be? Okay, how many how many teams? If you're a Chiefs fan, would you want uh, to be bad? The Raiders are one. The Broncos are another. Definitely, you want those two teams to be bad. The fact that they started to become good the moment she started dating him, it's got to be it. I. I uh... I think the Chiefs are a horribly flawed team mm-hmm. that has relied pretty deeply on on a very good defense, which was, to be fair, very good again uh, on on Monday to the extent that you have to be very good to slow down the Raiders. Uh, they rely on running the ball a lot more than they ever have because it takes the pressure off their receivers, and more than anything, it takes the pressure off the offensive line to pass block for Mahomes, who is crafty and mobile, but not especially athletic, not especially fast, not what you would call a running quarterback, though he is capable with his legs. And they have really only one above average established receiving threat. And that guy's 34 years old and, and declining. I just, uh, none of this is surprising to me that I think the chiefs will struggle to win any game at this stage when they give up two 
defensive touchdowns to the opposition. And if they hadn't done that, by the way, if they just had not turned the ball over, they would have won that game pretty comfortably. It wouldn't have been pretty, but they would have won that game pretty comfortably. The Raiders scored six points offensively the entire game. How many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes in the last, say, three weeks yelling at the sideline, yelling after the game at somebody, clearly upset? I don't think that happens without her in the building. Travis Kelsey flung his helmet, like spiked his helmet on the sideline. And I got to say that I kind of have a problem with. If I were a staff, if I were a trainer or an equipment guy or, you know, some kind of NFL personnel standing around on the sideline, I'm going to be honest. I really don't want to take your helmet to the face when it bounces up off the ground because none of us know anywhere it's going. And you're just mad that you're 34 years old and facing the possibility of having to not play in the NFL like everybody else. Here's what I know. The Kansas City Chiefs better learn to deal with adversity. And they better do it quickly or they're going to be in some serious trouble when the playoffs roll around. You know what Nance and Romo said on the CBS broadcast They said they were married. Well, that did happen. That was Romo referred to Taylor Swift as his wife. His wife, yes. Or fiancé. Maybe he has insider information. He just let something slip. That's possible. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to rely on Tony Romo for any any, uh, kind of journalism in that sense. But on the CBS broadcast, Jim Nance and Tony Romo said, Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game in his career. That is almost unfathomable for how many playoff games they play. Now he's played neutrals, obviously in the Super Bowls, but he's never played a road playoff game. Uh-huh. I, to your point, I think if they're, they continue to struggle with adversity this way and then have to go on the road in the playoffs, that is a just pure disaster waiting to happen. This text message says, Chris, you stretch your sarcasm out too long. <laughs> he's he's saying that it makes it unclear that you're being sarcastic and someone tuning in in the middle might might think that you're being serious. I'm totally confused by what this person is saying. That's not even sarcasm. I absolutely mean that. I will say I feel the need Who to... Who says I'm being sarcastic? Yeah, this is part of the problem. I feel the need to really exaggerate my sarcasm sometimes on the radio because I think some it doesn't always come across clearly. Um, but I like doing it. So that's my compromise is to just make it a little over the top so it's clear. A texter says teams had to respect their passing game early in the year and quickly realize they have no passing game this year. And if they double off on Mahomes, when you really don't have to concern yourself much with the passing game. So, um, okay. I think that that's probably true, except what he's not taking into account is that Taylor Swift is there. (laughs) Okay. I'm done with this. Okay. We got to be done. We don't have to do anything here. It's a, this is a holiday week. We can do like, we want. Rodney's like, I am the captain now. We don't have to do anything. We can do whatever the hell we want. Would you, would you talk this way to Amy? I don't think you would. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I'm treated hey, like a second-class citizen around oh. here. Oh. <laughs> Amy, Amy's not even allowed above deck on this show. <laughs> That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. The number is 314-436-7900. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Here's a swing and a line drive. Diving catch by Ozzie. What more do these folks get to see? What a play by Ozzie. Another, another phase of the highlight. You couldn't believe that. Listen to them. They're on their feet. 45,000 on you. Well, I'll just let you listen.
December 26th, 1954. You know what happened that day, Nate Gatter? The Wizard was born. Yeah, that's right. Ozzie Smith was born in Mobile, Alabama. Um, and today is his birthday. So if you uh, have his number, give him a call. Wish him a happy birthday. Uh, we're not going to give you his number. But if you know how to contact him, go ahead and do that. Or you can just uh, text in and say, hey, happy birthday, Ozzie. So that is a that's a highlight. Mike Shannon on the call. Dude, I miss Mike. I miss Mike a lot. I think we have a great broadcast team now. Um, with John Rooney and Rick Horton. I think they're fantastic. Uh, Mike Claiborne is part of the broadcast. I grew up with Shannon and Buck, though, so listening to those two guys call baseball, that's that's how I was entered into the sport. And all of them were kind of together on this. You had Ozzy and Willie and, you know, Jack Clark and... That that was Cardinals baseball, and that was baseball for me. Listening to those two and listening to Ozzie Smith highlights, the first player I ever wanted to be like was him. When I started playing Little League, I asked for the number one, and I wanted to play shortstop. Like everybody wanted to play shortstop, I very quickly learned my arm sucked, and I couldn't play shortstop. And they moved me to second base, and I was amazing at second. But um, I couldn't. I, you know, I couldn't play the position. I wanted to be him. I wanted to be able to do all that stuff. You're, were you born before or after all that? I don't even know how old you are. What do you before like? Before or after all that, meaning Ozzie Smith played Ozzie in the Smith. major leagues? Yeah. yeah, after. Okay, that's a real shame. I mean, maybe he was still playing, but I would have been very young. Let's. When when did Ozzie retire? Ninety six. Was it ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in there? I was born in ninety six. Okay. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, and See, and I think right. he that. was an all-star in his last year. He was That's in right. St. Louis at 41 years old in 1996. That's right. And then Royce Clayton took over. But I feel like um, there are a number of players for me that you wish you could have seen growing up and could have watched them play and actually be conscious and and know what was going on. Um, you know, having never really gotten to see Bob Gibson except in video and um, Lou Brock and you know, guys like that, that's, I mean, I was alive when Lou Brock was, was playing, but I don't remember any of it. Ozzie Smith. And I think about him now. And to me, he does not seem like, I know he's been out of the game for a long time, but it doesn't feel that way. And maybe it's because I grew up with him and he is still around. You know, he's always there at spring he's training. Always, he's always there. Like he is also so low maintenance in that regard. Oh, some gosh, of the, yeah, some absolutely. of the former stars, if they're going to do all of that, they sort of, um, they have non-monetary expectations as far as how, you know, you're going to let them do only what they want and not what they don't. They'll show up this time. They won't show up another time. Uh, he seems like a guy who really just wants to work with the young guys, help the Cardinals succeed, help those individual players succeed, and, and just has a very, almost a low profile. And 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 what that, uh, to me, that says guy, obviously I haven't met him. I don't know him. But to me, that just the pictures and the videos you see of sort of how low profile he is, but how much time he spends with some of those younger guys at spring training, Mason Wynn comes to mind uh, recently, that to me communicates very low ego, which is pretty impressive because of all people who could justify having a pretty big ego, it, it's somebody like Ozzy Smith. So what I'm I'm thinking about in this moment and, you know, you saying that you were born right at that time that he he finished playing, it's uh it's 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 weird to realize 
that there is a whole generation or two of people that did not get to watch him play. It's almost, for me, it's it's almost assumed like, oh yeah, you of course you you watched Ozzy play. Right. You know, you just you just kind of take that for granted that it's been so long now that there are of all kinds of people that didn't get that luxury. And the you know, funny thing is, play, but, I feel very lucky that I was that I was uh, coming into baseball or learning about baseball at the time where the Cardinals were really good in the 80s, yeah. and he was doing what he was doing back then and, and part of iconic moments. I feel very fortunate for all that. Yeah, we moved here when I was 12 years old, which uh, allowed for – we were here for the last three full seasons that Albert Pujols was here, like last three and a half seasons he was a Cardinal, obviously not counting the the end of his career. Um, I And I was – now I'm very grateful for that, that we got the chance to see, you know, I saw him, I don't know how many times in person, maybe a dozen over those, over those few years, something like that. Um, and it's something you, I don't know that we took it for granted. Everybody knew how good he was. Um, but you, you don't realize maybe until guys are gone, just what level of greatness that you're yeah. seeing. Um, and I, and I think it helps you to appreciate it then when you, when you do see it, this is sort of a only, only tangential, but you mentioned that Ozzy was born in Mobile. Mobile, Alabama, for being a relatively small city, has produced some really big name big leaguers. Henry Aaron from Mobile, Ozzie Smith, mm-hmm. Willie McCovey, mm-hmm. Billy Williams, Jake Peavy, Jake Peavy, yeah, and Satchel Paige, who's maybe not a huge name big leaguer per se, but yeah. about as big na- a baseball name as there is. And Peavy, by the way, lives there. I think he's he went back. I know he went back there after his playing days, but he chose to build a compound outside of outside of Mobile, Alabama. And, and he's you know, he's and not quite a Hall of Famer, but no, that's a, no. a bona fide All Star and, and a Cy, Cy Young guy when he yeah. was at his best. And I, I think the the five other guys I rattled off are all Hall of Famers. Billy Williams Hall of Famer, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's five Hall of Famers from Mobile, and all sort of, I mean, not Satchel Page so much, but sort of, um, you know, in that middle part of the of the. 20th century into later 20th century in Ozzy's case, that was they were cranking them out there for a while. Thinking about the youngins like yourself, uh, I'm for whatever reason having this thought. I have a, a buddy who is a uh, Boston sports fan, and he's uh, I think he's in his early 30s or maybe mid 30s. And do you like? Can you imagine growing up in you know like when you grew? Let's say you you know you were born in 96, right? So you're like four years old when 2000 hits. So when you start to become conscious of sports, can you imagine being a fan in a city where they win 12 championships? Yeah. Over the course of like 23 years? That's why Boston is is Just, uh, so hated among fans oh of my, my generation, I like, think. That's all you know. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the 80s Cardinals and what a treat it was to grow up during that. Yeah. To be to be in my formative years during that. And here's what kind of arrogant butthole would you have to be <laughs> to be from Boston like oh yeah every single team I have is winning championships that's unbelievable all right we got to go uh Hancock and Kelly are coming up next Nate Gatters back in with me tomorrow at 10 o'clock I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX baseball is in full swing NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 